Again, I'm not wearing pants. Who needs pants? Is it in the right position? Probably not, but who cares at this point? This is about alcohol. <laughs> I guess too, if you think about it, if you were gonna murder someone, you'd kind of be looking for fear or weakness or something. And so I'm like filling the liner and my bathing suit bottoms are drooping and falling and kind of like, if I were to be wearing lead-filled panties and they were just hanging and not covering anything. I want something sexy. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Hello everyone, welcome back to Kitty Licka. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R, don't get it twisted. So today is episode 107 and I am working at my diner. And do you have a problem with that? <laughs> my New York diner from 1957. And I went crazy with my eye makeup. And not that you could probably even tell with all these bright lights, but I went for kind of like a blue makeup Maybe I look a little tired. It's two in the morning. You know, those diners that stay up real late. <laughs> you can get some peach cobbler. <laughs> My New York accent is really, woo, got to work on it. But do I really, <laughs> when will I really need it? Unless I get cast in some movie where I'm playing some sort of late night waitress at Bucky's. <laughs> Actually, Bucky's is not, what is Bucky's? I hear about it all the time. I watch a lot of Kill Tony, which is a an online comedy podcast. It's the biggest live podcast in the world, according to Tony Hinchcliffe. And uh, they always bring up Bucky's, and I think it's an American thing. I don't think we have Bucky's in Canada, unless I'm mistaken. So this is 107, the second podcast in October. So... This is my costume. And all I need is some roller skates. Actually, where did they do roller skates? Uh, A&W. And I'm not sure if A&W is an American thing as well, or if it's just a Canadian thing. But I know that there's talk back in the good old days when there were waitresses that would roller skate to your window in your car. And there was actually like a little clip for your windshield or for your window where they would actually put the server tray and where you can they would like, I think it's so amazing. Like the drive-in days, maybe that's what I am. Maybe I'm a drive-in server waitress. <laughs> Look at this costume, you guys. Again, I'm not wearing pants. Who needs pants? But this costume um, might be featured in my Halloween special on Patreon and OnlyFans. Um, but maybe not because it's a little bit difficult to get out of. I also tend to do like a snap trick where I'll suddenly be wearing something and snap out of it. <laughs> uh, another thing is this hat has two little loops, one here on this side, one on this side. So I put two bobby pins through and then I kind of just clipped it into my hair. So it probably will fall off at some point during this podcast. Just letting you know. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever the hell you're listening to it, there's a video version on YouTube where you can actually see my costume, see what I'm talking about, see the effort I put into my eye makeup. So today I am going to create a cocktail from scratch. The peach cobbler is where I got this idea from. I got this idea for the peach cobbler from this peach moonshine. Um, each one of these peaches, you guys, I swear is like a shot worth. <laughs> this is 32.5%, which not even it's not even like up there with percentage when it comes to alcohol. You think you would think that moonshine would be like way up there. I also have this gorgeous ice cube tray where I froze different colored ice cubes. <laughs> okay, so let me just clarify. I put food coloring in each one of these little pods, poured water in, then froze it. That's all it is. They're not flavored. Um, and then I have my very special fishbowl glass to create some sort of magic. So I'm gonna use gin. I'm gonna use some sparkling hard seltzer, which is in the flavor raspberry tangerine. 
I'm going to use some of this peach moonshine and add a, maybe a couple bitters and see what the hell comes out. <laughs> I'm using Empress Gin. This is a brand new bottle. Uh, this is made in Vancouver, I believe. Produced in Canada, made in Victoria. Close enough. <laughs> and um, basically, this is one of my favorite gins, not just for the color. Oh my God, do you guys see that? This is so, it's fine. I already played with my hair enough. Now my hat, it's gonna be my hair and my hat. The color is gorgeous. Now, one of the issues is, is I want to add a shot of this on the top and I think I'm only going to use green cubes for this. Why? I don't want it to melt into like a mishmash. I want green cubes on the bottom and beautiful blue floating on the top and some peach cobbler in between. And maybe I'll throw in a peach, but probably not because it'll mess with the aesthetic. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's do this. So I'm gonna grab my cocktail shaker. Let me light my candles first because these are expensive candles and I might as well burn them. <laughs> these, these black candlesticks are not gonna last all of the podcasts. Do you know that you can do that? Instead of having to relight a candle, you can just hold down the red part and just light it. And sometimes you want to do that because this gets hot as frick and like relighting it. Some wicks take a long time, take a long time <laughs> to light. And then by the time you're ready to light the next candle, you're going to burn your finger off. Why is it always my right eye? I swear to God, you guys. Last time too. I don't know what's up. Just give me a second. Oh God. I did lose one. It fell off. Give me one sec. I got to put it back on. It's just the positioning. Do I even need it? Can you even tell that it's gone? No. You know what? Frick it. Maybe it'll be an ingredient in my cocktail. No, it won't. JK. Um, okay, so this is actually getting worse. And you know what? It, until it falls off, let's just let it be. So. I've got my cocktail shaker here. What is this officially called? cocktail shaker. Um, I've got my measuring, <laughs> my wet measuring belt. Why did I smell hair burning? It was definitely my arm hair. Where would I have gone? Okay. Yep. It was my arm hair. That's fine. <laughs> I guess I'm from a small town. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Here's what I'm talking about. This is the inside of my hat. So ideally I'd want it to be pretty secure, especially if I've got a full day of work ahead of me, but then how the hell do I secure it? So my idea was to, now I've had hair on live air. <laughs> Rhymed. I'm just gonna spread these pins, go like this, jam it in my hair, twist it, shove it up, and hope that it sticks. Okay, that's better than it was. Is it in the right position? Probably not, but who cares at this point? Okay, this is about alcohol. <laughs> if everybody was caring what their hair looked like all the time, where would we be in our lives? Better looking, but worse for it. So Empress Gin is one of my favorite gins, as I've mentioned many times before. Um, and it's very smooth, very lovely. Now this I'm not gonna add until after with my, I think I've got a special tool. I think just a spoon. I'm just gonna here, I'm just gonna move this so every time I reach over here, I'm not burning my arm hair off. I might actually wanna add some simple syrup as well, which I haven't brought, brought out. <gasps> The cherries. Oh, there's too many colors. Okay, so simple syrup. Okay, I'll keep it over here so I don't forget. I'm going to add to my mixer two ounces of moonshine. Actually, no, that's a lie. One, one and a half ounces. 
one and a half. Then I'm going to add, so I can't add the sparkling, I can't add the gin. I'm gonna add a little bit extra sweetness with my simple syrup that I made with monk fruit sugar. That was probably a quarter of an ounce. Um, now the bitters that I have, I'm really kind of, what would work best with the peach? Spiced cherry, sassafras and sorghum, orange bitters. I'm gonna do orange bitters. I've never used, or have I used them? I don't think so. Orange bitters. Nope, brand new, okay. Whoa. Okay, whoa. I'm getting orange. I'm getting cinnamon. Orange and cinnamon. Let's do four little dashes of bitters. One, two, three, four. The first one didn't work. So I really looked like I did five. It was truly just four. So we got that, those orange bitters in there. And let's just really do we, we don't need to really mix this, do we? Okay. Let's add our cubes. We have one green cube. <laughs> Two. <gasps> I have a green peach. Then last cube. Okay, you guys, this is dangerous. We gotta do this fast because it's melting before our very eyes. So have a look. Does that not actually look so rad? You know it. Now we're gonna add, so I don't have to wash both of these, it's clean. I'm gonna add our alcohol, or our first shot and a half. Then we're going to add the Vizzy, which is, like I said, raspberry tangerine. Now, the fun part, we're gonna add this Empress Gin on the top. So I'm hoping to have a purple top and a green bottom. <laughs> um, and we're gonna use a spoon. Oh my goodness, I got one more of these little spouts. I'm gonna use it for my Empress Gin. Just because it's special. Um, now I'm gonna add just a full shot of this. Now this green and purple combo is super Halloween looking. I wanted to do maybe like a diner theme, but this seemed funner. <laughs> so, you know, I'm gonna try to do this where you can watch me. Okay, here we go, ready? So apparently the spoon also has a different way that you can pour it down the spout into your cocktail. I'm not that skilled yet. So I'm just gonna pour it on the spoon. Something's happening. Okay, so it is a little bit more purple on the top than the bottom, but that's just, that's it. <laughs> Not as um, impactful as I imagined, but that's okay. You know why? Because we just go with the flow around here. And I'm gonna add some limes, which are unfortunately on the bottom of this little pile. Not burning my arm hairs off. So I don't know how exactly this is going to translate on to camera, but it does have an interesting kind of look to it. And what the hell are we gonna call this? 
Let me just taste it and see if it's worth putting the recipe on in the description box. So it's very mild. I'm definitely getting the peach flavor. It almost looks like it should have some sort of apple element to it, but because it's green, green as hell. But I think it's a winner. It needs to be a bit fizzier. So I would probably like be more careful with how I like pour the fizzy into it. Um, I mean, that's one attractive looking drink, to be honest. The bright green like that, it's coming from the dye from the ice cubes, but the fact that the actual ice cubes themselves are green, kind of like add a little something extra. Do you know what I mean? They're not just clear ice cubes, they're clearly like a little, almost like a little fruit in there. Oh my God. It's probably green. That's all right. I've also got a blue cube. Should I add a blue cube in there? I think blue and green will create a very beautiful like aqua blue, not the red. Why not? That's actually pretty nice. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I don't think I've ever seen colored ice cubes in a cocktail. Have you? You know what else I've never seen? Somebody who can keep a hat on their head like this for more than 15 minutes. Like, I don't wanna get fired from my job again. <laughs> Jerry gets so mad at me when I don't wear my costume properly. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I kind of like it like there. And we're just gonna wing it. I'd like to know how those waitresses back in the day adhered their hats to their heads. But... Another thing that I'm tasting is the orange too from the bitters. And bitters are still a mystery to me. Are they like a super concentrated extract or what the hell like we could just add essential oils to our cocktails but the aesthetic is wild right now i know i can't get over the blue cube in there but all right so i again i have nothing prepared i just a mess you guys no i um Part of the whole aesthetic of the costume involves the hat, and I just can't keep it on right now. Uh, if any of you have a suggestion as to how I can do so, please let me know. So today I received a very, very exciting parcel. I talked about this before, but I ordered a very expensive Wedgwood advent calendar, which arrived about 25 minutes ago. I don't know what I was really expecting because I've, I've ordered like expensive things in the past. I've ordered some stuff from Louis Vuitton, but it was just like perfume and I do have some nice purses and whatever. But when you're ordering something online, the amount of effort that goes into packaging something so that it looks beautiful, you feel great when you're opening it, you don't realize how important that part is. Um, and maybe it's not super important because how does it affect your... How does it affect your product in the end? It really doesn't, but almost in the same way that when you're going on vacation, the excitement of getting there is important. It's like half of your trip, for me, it's it's the excitement, the anticipation, the, the journey, the adventure of getting there, and that's part of the memory of the thing. So it's almost like, or the, of the trip, <laughs> but when it comes to 
opening a gift or receiving a package, there's effort put in. And that's part of the experience of the thing, right? It seems strange to say, but it's the truth. In the same way that you really wrap a gift or put effort into the packaging of what you're gifting. So it's like the journey, it's all the same kind of thing. So for me, receiving something that I paid for, I paid a lot of money for, when there's that extra effort put into the packaging, I super appreciate it. So long story short, what I order, sorry, I have this like piece of skin on my lip, it's driving me crazy. When I opened these boxes, so I, I didn't exactly know what I was getting initially because the box of, okay, I ordered this Wedgwood advent calendar. And part of the promotion was that when you order this calendar, which had nothing to do with why I ordered this, by the way, because this, it, it you could get a free Vera Wang picture frame. I'm not, I didn't care about the Vera Wang picture frame. I did not know about the picture frame when I was purchasing. It was just gift with purchase. So I was like, great. So I didn't realize, and it's a $400 picture frame retail. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And the photo, it looked like it was like maybe an eight by 10, maybe like five by seven, eight by 10, something. This thing is like big. <laughs> I didn't realize. And then I thought to myself, one thing I've never done in my life is put a lot of effort into photos, family photos, like any photos. And I realized that, that I just, it's maybe because I wasn't raised like that. I, was, I didn't grow up with my mom or my parents having framed pictures on the wall. And I love that. Like when I go to somebody's house and I see they've got like their wedding photos framed, they've got their baby pictures framed, they've got their kids photos framed. I'm like, I have no photos framed on my walls. All I have are like specific artworks for different parts of my house and like nothing personal. personal. And then I realized I didn't grow up with photos of people on my wall, like family, friends, siblings, nothing. So it's funny how like you kind of follow suit to how you were raised and, but that's actually not necessarily true because my grandparents had photos everywhere and it maybe it's a generational thing. Like it could be, that's what it is, but I don't know. It's not that I don't value like my family, right. Or my friends or my siblings or whatever, but I just don't print photos and frame them and put them on my wall. Anyway, my point is I got this beautiful frame. I haven't even opened it yet, by the way, but I could see through the tissue paper that is this gorgeous, probably like 18 by 12, 12 by 18 inch photo frame. And I'm like, wow, this is special. Like it's a $400 frame. I got it for free because I should, shouldn't say I got it for free. I paid $1,500 for this freaking advent calendar. And I got this frame and I'm like, wow, this could like change the course of my interior of my house, <laughs> my walls forever. <laughs> uh, it's such like a weird thing to think about. But anyway, the packaging is wild. It's like the box, Vera Wang, Wedgwood, like striped, beautiful, thick cardboard. Like when it opens up, it just like creates a suction. It's like you open it up, perfectly folded tissue paper. And like I said, I haven't even opened it yet because I want to do it. I want to do it on camera when I'm doing my whole like Wedgwood video, but oh my God. And then the Wedgwood is wrapped immaculately in tissue paper. And I could see that it's in there and I haven't opened it yet. I'm super tempted, but I'm not going to because I want the whole experience to be experienced in my video. Um, Anyway, so I'm excited about that. I've actually looked into um, a lot of different Christmas gift ideas for my family. Now is the time. So October, if you start preparing for Christmas now, I think you're golden. Like my freaking dog is losing it again. Do I have more packages? <laughs> um, anyway, but 
for, okay, listen, for the people that are more difficult to buy for for Christmas, I don't want to make it seem like I, I'm like this person that's just spending all this money on all my family members and like putting effort, like I, I don't buy gifts for everybody at Christmas time, but there are certain few people in my family that I'm like, I have to put effort and thought into this. <laughs> and it's bad to be like, there are people you don't need to, but truly a lot of them wind up being like a hot chocolate mix, you know, some bath bombs or something, you know, like stuff that's not cheap, but not over the top. Because one thing with gifting is that you kind of set a precedent, precedence, precedent. When you give someone a really special gift one year and say they didn't get you anything that year. Well, the next year, there's like an expectation not only to receive an another great gift, but they're gonna have to have this expectation to give you a great gift. And it can be a little bit like back and forth confusing, you know, because the odd time you'll just buy a gift on a whim because you're like, oh, you think of this person when you see this. You're like, this is, like I'll see something that my sister will love and it might be a bit more expensive. And, but it's just, it just happened that I saw this gift that would be perfect for her, but it doesn't happen every year. So then you, you spend this money <laughs> and then they'll like the next year, they'll be giving you some like lavish gift. And then you're like, I just got you like a pair of chopsticks that had like a cool top on them, <laughs> you know? So the inconsistency of gifting is like stressful and I know that there's people that like up the ante every year um, or tr think that they need to or they, you know what I mean? It's kind of, gifting is like a, a very specific thing, interesting thing. My dog barking is driving me crazy. So yeah, it's almost like I wish that there was a way to establish, it's almost like this. When you take a friend out for dinner, you go for, for dinner with a friend, you guys are having a great time, you decide to pick up the bill. The next time you go out, that person feels like they need to pick up the bill. But what if there was more food? What if it was like, it's not always even and it's it's best right from the start almost to, to split the bill every time, that there's no expectation, right? And the fact is, is I don't care. Like I would love to just pay for dinner every time, but I don't wanna make the other person uncomfortable by take pick, getting the bill every time. I don't want them to feel like I'm like, I have more money or or like, this is what I'm gonna do for you. And like, what do you do for me? You know, like, I don't know. It's just like a strange, with gifting, paying for things, buying things. And don't get me wrong. There's actually like not one person in my family or friend group that has ever made me feel weird about like, I have to pay or whatever. I wind up doing it to myself where I'm like, last time I paid, they might think I'm supposed to like, I'm gonna pay. And not that I think like, more so with friends than family, but it's kind of one of those things where, you know, as a kind person, I'm very like conscious of people's feelings and emotions and things like that. So I never want to make anybody feel bad or sad or whatever. Um, but when it, I think I've said when it comes to probably 35 times in this podcast, um, Anyway, it's all good. Like it's all positive stuff, but you know, you never want to be in a position where you're confused about, I don't want to seem like I invited you for dinner because I want to pay for everything. Like typically if I'm placing the invite, then I do definitely want to pay. But then the odd time it pops up and then they want to pay. And I'm like, what? Like, is it rude to say, like, to establish from the beginning that, like, we're splitting the bill? Is that rude? Or, like, should things just flow and work themselves out in the end? You know what I mean? But when it comes to my family, I'm definitely, like, Daddy Warbucks. I want to I want to spoil my family. It makes me feel good. And I make sure to make them, know, like, to let them know that this really feeds my soul like the fact that I can do this for us and we can get together and be together and like of course I invited all of you I want you to have the best time ever don't worry about what it's going to cost let's have these memories and this fun together right so that is me to a T and um anyway just saying like 
it can't they like the lines can be grayed a bit when it comes to uh other relationships and it's sort of funny nowadays too where when you go on a date the bill is split for me and I hate to be this person because I get why some women feel this way I don't I'm very traditional I'm very like and I will live a traditional life I will make you dinner I will do the laundry like that's just how I was raised and I will have dinner for you when you're home from work <laughs> if you're working full-time or you're exhausted I don't I don't expect to pay for dinner when I'm on a date I want the guy to pay for dinner that is just part of how I was raised and who I am if I was on a date a nice date so let's we're going for dinner at a expensive restaurant I dress up I get ready you are doing your best to look great smell great all that like the effort that goes into a date I mean that's half the fun of the date <laughs> but I don't expect to split the bill at the end of the date call me this or call me that I want you to pay for dinner that's just like I said how I was raised that's what I'm expecting it's fine if we were going to split the bill but don't expect a second date and that might sound super shallow and that might sound like very whatever you want to call it but that's who I am and I'm not defining myself by like I don't pay for dinner or I don't pay for drinks because I do pay for drinks and I do pay for dinner I spoil my family and I you know it's not about that actually it's just about like feeling taken care of I if I'm in a relationship I want to feel like you've got me and I will repay you in every other way that I can um not to sound like weird in that sense but you know when you're in a traditional relationship you know the guys do want to feel like they're the provider they want to, those are the, those are the kind of guys that I want to date I want to date guys that are confident and it's not even about how much money you have it's not even what it's about it's about like chivalry chivalry is not dead I do want you to open the door for me I'm not going to bitch you out because you open the car door like I'm not some extreme feminist that's going to start to hate you because you did something nice for me I'm the opposite where like my love language is not just well what if I said it was before in the past because I feel like I've I can appreciate all love languages but like acts of service are huge for me and that's maybe how I feel the most loved right um does that make me shallow or like pretentious or no I just feel like that's just who I am and it will be repaid tenfold in a relationship so anyway um nothing against people that have their own way that they like to do things and blah 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 but that's just my take on that look at what's going on here so somehow these cubes are still <laughs> going strong and my cocktail is definitely turning more of like an aqua color but what an idea literally I think everybody has their has an ice cube in their freezer just put literally one drop of I guess food coloring or whatever you've got in the bottom of each cube box <laughs> ice cube tray but like each little section and then put the water in and then freeze it, it like it's it's gonna add quite a bit also I've seen people freeze orange juice or um black coffee because they want to have a nice coffee but they don't want to water their coffee down so they the cubes are actually coffee themselves um very very clever 
Now, my freezer is typically full of all sorts of stuff, so finding room for my ice cube tray <laughs> can be a little interesting, but. So last episode, I read some really creepy true stories um, and I loved it. And I found a website. These are too long. There was one that I found. I don't want to read them because I want to read them with you so that we have the same reaction. <laughs> okay, I think this could work. <clears throat> so this one is not the one that I was thinking of, but it's the title is 27 of the freakiest real life haunted house stories ever. I'm not going to read all 27, um, but I'm wondering if they're counting down or if they're just there's no specific order because I want to go like I want to go scariest. You know what I'm saying? Um, now this one is the Amityville Horror House in Amityville, New York, but I feel like I've heard this many times, but is it actually, do I really know what's going on? You know what? Maybe let's skip the creepy part, the creepy story part, because I want to prepare a little bit more and I don't, I don't want to waste our time with just reading stories that are kind of poorly written or whatever. Let me pull up my topics because I have some topics. So let me just see. Okay, well, maybe I'll talk about this first. One thing I have written down here for podcast topics is would you would every serial killer murder you or do you do they have triggers is it a guaranteed murder or or are they choosy there this is boozy you guys <laughs> this is hitting me i don't know if you can tell but let's just have another sip so i can't get through the rest of the podcast but very tasty. So would every serial killer murder you or do they have triggers? It's a guaranteed murder or are they choosy? So essentially, if a killer is looking to kill, are they looking for anybody that they can get into their car, say? Or are they very specific about who they're killing? I understand that like certain murderers will just murder prostitutes and they'll, they'll murder certain types of people. But like, if they decide that they're going to kill someone, are they being almost like, <laughs> I don't want to use this word, like ethical, like they're looking to kill bad guys? Are they looking to kill? Or are there killers out there? I mean, of course, this is like a, a very strange topic because of course, everything exists where killers are just looking to kill. But I'm curious, like, so I know somebody and I'm going to have to remember exactly which murderer it was, but had an encounter back in like the 80s, 70s or 80s, where they had met this specific person and had followed her back to her car and had an encounter. But she was able to kind of play it off and act like it was all playful and fun and that she'd be back the next night, essentially. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay, listen, I'm going to come back. I'm, tomorrow I'm going to be here. You be here. So she was able to kind of get the guy off of her. What, he wasn't like attacking her necessarily, but it was sort of like getting to that point. And so she was smart enough to think, okay, well, let me just get out of this here. And you, I'll be back tomorrow night. And I'm really interested in you when she wasn't. Of course, she never went back. Years later on the news, she saw this guy's face, the drawing of this guy's face. And... Uh, he was a serial killer. He had murdered, I think at that point, like four women. <laughs> Crazy. But then I think to myself, like, was there something about this person that the murderer was looking for? Or was it any girl? You know, like, it's kind of a strange question. But I guess, too, if you think about it, if you were going to murder someone you'd kind of be looking for, I guess, fear or weakness or something, you know? So if you're super confident and you're like sure of yourself and, you know, I don't know, I think that would maybe deter some murderers, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like an interesting thing to think about. And how can you not be a target, right? 
Okay, so this is something that only happens to me very, very, very seldom and has only happened to me a couple of times in my life. So the other day, the other night, I had this dream. My dream was I was staying someplace foreign, almost like an island with very little vegetation, sand, sand and concrete buildings, kind of like, almost like I was on some like very bougie, expensive island, but there were no palm trees. It was just like buildings that looked like the same color of sand and not that this matters, but I, I have my metal detector and I'm looking for treasure down on the beach. But apparently this treasure is something that was like, is being, you know, searched for by many people. And the banks of this island are super steep. Like they're very quick sandy. So like if you're like, if you get almost like a sand dune where you start heading down, more sand's falling on top of you and you're kind of like, it'd be really hard to get back up because everything's kind of heading downhill. So anyway, I'm kind of going down this steep bank of sand with my detector and I start to kind of like, you know, get some readings. And so I'm, I'm digging through the sand, which is super simple. It's just falling off the bank. And I'm kind of standing in the water and kind of just digging through this like sand bank. And I see a coin come out and it literally looks like a penny, like a copper penny. And, but I look at it closely and there's like a weird, like, um, almost like a weld of, what looks like silver in the middle. And I'm like, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. So I keep digging and I f more coins start falling out of the bank, like out of the sand. And suddenly before I know it, there's like 20 or 30 of them that have like fallen. And the whole time that this is happening, I'm looking to my left and to my right because there are other people looking for this treasure that's hidden somewhere. Um, and I'm trying not to be obvious. So I'm, I'm finding these and filling my pockets, but then I don't actually have pockets. I have my bathing suit bottoms on and I'm feeling like the liner of my bathing suit bottom. <laughs> and so I'm like filling the liner and my bathing suit bottoms are drooping and falling and kind of like, if I were to be wearing lead-filled panties and they were just hanging and not covering anything, but I didn't want to make it obvious that I had found anything. And like your first instinct when you find treasure is to be like, whoa, you guys, come look at this. But because there were other people looking for the treasure that I had found, I was very quiet. So anyway, I was shoving my freaking swimsuit bottoms full of these coins. And when it got to the point where I just couldn't do anymore, I, looked back at where I was digging to look for like some sort of landmark to remember where I was. And there was nothing, nothing that made it obvious that that's where it was. But besides like this bridge that went way out into the, into the ocean, I could kind of gauge, it was like, like 10.30 PM or 10.30 on the clock <laughs> from this bridge. So I get back to the room and I'm trying to find my photographer. And I'm looking everywhere. He's not there. I'm like, I had to tell him I found the treasure and we needed to go. We have to keep it quiet. Anyway, I find him. He's in this board meeting in one of these rooms around a bunch of other people. And I was like, you got to come out. He's like, no, 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 I got to do this. And I could not get him out forever. Finally, he comes out back to our room and I said, you're not going to believe what I found. And so he's already distracted and kind of like whatever, not interested. I'm like, I put a bunch of shit on the countertop or like the, the tabletop and he, and, and the, the lights won't go out and he can't see anything and he's still distracted. And it's like, I just couldn't get to the point where I was showing him what I had found. It was like wild. Anyway, the next day I'm metal detecting. This is the next day, not like a week later, not whatever. I, I have this like special place that I like to go, made a lunch, made a day of it. 
I start digging up coins. This is real life. Now, the first coin that I found was a penny, like a 1957 penny, which is old, but not like super old. The next coin that I find is like a 19, it's a, it's a dime, but it's like a 1937 dime, which is silver, like actual silver. And when you find silver in the ground, which I've done very, very few times, it falls out of the dirt like it was like the day that it fell in. There's no, no, nothing stuck to it. It literally comes out like a beautiful silver piece, piece of heaven. <laughs> so I'm just like ecstatic. I found four more coins, a few more pennies, one more dime. But I thought to myself, how wild is it that last night I had this dream of discovering all of these coins? The next day I go detecting, like in kind of a place I've done lots of detecting, found some things, but like you've gone over the same spot multiple times and I, I pulled out seven coins. Was it seven? Six, seven? Oh my God. Anyway, just wild how, whether it's the universe, the brain, your senses, whatever you want to call it crazy that that is like it's such a coincidence that you can't deny it the process to get it off is what actually screwed up the the ph balance of my lips it's really crazy how i'm just i'm not used to wearing like extreme lipstick and when you wear red lipstick you're wearing liner and you're putting powder in your lips so it doesn't like go so i think that's what's going on oh my god so i was <laughs> i was renewing my passport and the border guard, is that what you call them? Anyway, just like the police officers that are like standing outside of Passport Canada. One of them recognized me in the weirdest way. So, and I, listen, it's very, it's happened very seldom. Like that anybody knows who I am just from my channel. Cause like, it's, to be honest, even though I have a decent following, it's peanuts in like the YouTube world, right? So it's like super rare to get recognized. So I'm standing in line. And the passport officer like looks at your stuff, make sure, makes sure that you have everything. And then they ask for your postal code, write it down, put a sticky note on your stuff. And so that when you go in, when you go in, it just like streamlines the process of getting your passport done, especially when there's like hundreds of people a day that have to go in there and do that. So then, and then he comes back, he's like, do I know you from somewhere? And I don't recognize this guy at all. And I played dumb. I was like, I don't think so. No. Are you sure? He's like, I know I've seen you somewhere. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I said, uh, that's, I don't know. <laughs> and there's like 30 people behind me. And I was like, Ugh. and then he's like, are you online or something? And I was like, actually, <laughs> That's probably where you know me from. But funnily, he was like not trying to get my name or anything. He was like, ah, I know, I know who you are. And then uh, just moved on. And I was like, thank God that he wasn't like, what's your name? What's your handle? Where can I find you? And then I'm like, oh, because um, you just know, you don't know what you're going to find online. And um, it was interesting. So it was funny that that happened. But um, anyway, oh, my goodness. We have like got like wung through this. I have the so the sorest is that a word? I've got the sorest traps ever. Um, Push-ups are intense, and I've got a long torso, and I feel like I have a bit more of a struggle to do push-ups than other girls, kind of like my in my weight category, and it's like just because of the way that I'm built. But I've got broad shoulders, a long torso. So when I do push-ups, I have to have my arms out wider. And <laughs> there's this, it frustrates me so bad because I follow um, this girl, Heather Robertson, and she does free um, exercise videos online. Highly recommend her, actually. She's great. But there, she does something called V push-ups, where you're not pushing up like this. You're pushing up like this. Okay. I cannot do a V push-up. That's not true. 
I can maybe do one, maybe three quarters of one. The fact that like I can do push-ups like this all day long, I shouldn't say all day long. I can do like 30. V push-ups, I can't do them. And then I had somebody say like, oh, do you have like a longer torso? And I was like, yes. They're like, well, part of that is the fact that you have like your, it's imbalanced. <laughs> like, thank God. Cause I'm like, is it just that I have this weakness? Anyway, that's another story for another day. I, this is so strong that I literally have gone through half and um, feeling a little bit lit. But good thing is after five and all I have to do is make dinner and upload this video. And um, that's it. <laughs> well, everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 107 of Kitty Liquor. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Uh, I hope that you love this episode. I wish that this would have stayed on a little bit longer so I could have been more, you know, on theme with Halloween. Um, but I mean, I could have, I would, if I just kept my head like straight. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. It is a newer channel. So please support me <laughs> by subscribing. Um, and also if you are unfamiliar with me, Cat Wonders is a whole other channel where I do lots of try-ons, fun stuff. Um, check it out. And I've got an OF and Patreon and all that good stuff. And I've got a high tier happening on Patreon and OnlyFans where I'm trying on 10 different Halloween costumes, making 10 different videos. Every day you get a new video. Um, and it's very fun. So there's going to be lots more information on my Patreon page um, and OnlyFans basically kind of what to expect and dates and things like that. So yes, all good stuff. Um, I'm super excited. We're getting closer and closer to Halloween. And what can I say? Besides, thank you for tuning in and I will see you all in my next video. Bye.